Everybody, welcome to the Geekiverse Show. My name is Josiah Leroy. I've got Jeff Pavlak with me, and a very special guest, uh, Matt Walter from Oogie Games. Matt, awesome. thanks for coming. Great to be here. Uh, he's the COO, and uh, we're all huge gamers at the Geekiverse, so we've been excited uh, for a while to have you on. And uh, I know I understand you're going to see Star Wars: The Force Awakens after this, so we, we got to get you out of here. We can't go too long. Yeah, That's second it. time, so kind of double. You know, have to no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. no spoilers. I sat through the whole thing the first time. So okay, good. That's, uh, that's for the best, then. It is. Um, <laughs> with Oogie Games, why don't you give us a little background on how you got into it? Sure. Oogie's uh, kind of a unique company. Um, I got involved about five years ago. They were one little store at that point, and um, I just sold my, my, my company and was kind of looking for the next thing to do, and I approached Oogie um, basically with a business plan. I had a five-year plan on what they could do to kind of grow their brand and grow, thinking that at that point, that I'd get into consulting. So, oh, this is kind of be my first. I'll do a freebie. And... Um, Presented it to the owner completely. Um, he, he didn't ask for it. It was completely blind and instantly regretted it. Thought, you know, what the heck am I doing? But uh, he appreciated it, liked what I had, and, and basically said, come on board and help me do it. So five years later, we've opened up uh, six more stores. I uh, have stores all over the area now, and uh, as well as a web store. And uh, have grown, you know, what a thousand something percent fastest growing companies in Western New York and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been a fun fun five years. That's pretty amazing. I mean, so uh, these stores are located in and around Buffalo, New York. Yep, we're all uh, throughout Western New York. Uh, we try and be in Western New York. We're about twenty minutes apart. You can't literally can't drive for twenty minutes around Western New York without hitting an Oogie store. I'm fine with that. More game stores, the merrier. <laughs> and, and we're and we're kind of a unique game store. We like to say we're everything those big national guys are. Plus a whole heck of a lot more. We we don't like to. We're not retroists. We don't discriminate against retro games. So we have everything from ColecoVision and Atari, uh, Nintendo, all the way up to the latest greatest uh, Xbox One, PS4 stuff. Um, in addition to that, we also do repairs, which is huge. So uh, kids drop their DS or uh, PS4. The HDMI uh, adapter on the back of PS4s breaks all the time for some reason. Mine is brutal. There and you go. It, yeah, so we can fix it I for you. Come see us soon. Yeah, we can fix it. And then uh, last but not least, we have private party rooms, so you can rent out anything from bachelor parties to birthday parties. Uh, rent them out for private parties. That's amazing. I. You can talk gaming to me all day. Anything about it. Love it. Jeff's the same way. Awesome. Uh, I know we both super appreciate that you guys do uh, the retro stuff uh, because you're right. National companies and national game stores, they tech, they usually don't. Uh, it's it's And some of them have circled around to it again, mm -hmm. and maybe that's by the presence of, of maybe smaller companies just starting out in the last five to six years like you guys. So that might be a trend that's circling around again. Yeah, we kind of like it. Every time uh, the big national guy that we won't say their name, but they have 6,000 locations based out of Texas, every time they discontinue a system, yep. uh, our sales spike. So it's awesome. Like, please, we can't wait for the discontinued <laughs> you know, Xbox 360 uh, and PS3 because it'll do wonders for our sales. Oh, my gosh. Huge consoles. Massive libraries. You guys are going to see a huge spike when that happens. Yeah. It's no, and it's, it's kind of wild. We have a um, uh, kind of a hub-and-spoke model at, at Oogie. So we have a, a home base which has about a 2,000 square foot. So it's about um, twice, maybe three times the size of a typical store that you'd national store. Um, that's just our warehouse. So that's filled to the rafters, uh, you know, 12 foot high ceilings with every system, every game. We literally have boxes full of like Atari games for our next door opening, uh, PS2 games. We have, you know, 10, 15,000 PS2 games just in overstock. Not to mention every store has you know two or three thousand. So yeah, we're we're loaded to the gills, ready to uh, ready to satisfy the masses on the retro front. I'd say so. So with 
your uh, with some of the older games like that. Yeah. Um, and you said you have them kind of waiting and and for your your soon to be new stores. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? get a lot of those on trade-in? Do you buy them? How, how does that work? Yeah, we do. Actually, um, our customers come to us, which is awesome. So uh, we it's funny. We're actually starting a new side to our business. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, right now, our supply basically comes from our customers. So um, on a typical week, we'll take in uh, so much product that about uh, 90% of it goes back out to the stores, and there's 10% that's extra that we don't need in our stores, and that basically sits on the side of weights. What's really cool from a business perspective, which you didn't ask about, but I'll go into it anyways. You read my that, mind. Thank you. <laughs> is that what we're actually getting into now is we're being a distributor for other game shops around the country. Okay. So other mom-and-pop game shops, the problem is that, you know, uh, come February, March, you're going to get, you know, uh, every mom and pop game shop is going to get a ton of Madden's traded in from last year and that kind of stuff. So much so that they start turning them away. What we're saying is, no, we'll take them from you, uh, take them in on trade, and we'll take all your overstock. And then when you need games, we'll send you the other. And we just kind of work a little bit of a back and forth trade going on. Makes sense. It's very cool. That is incredible. I love the, the side of the business, playing it and the actual the numbers game. Well, I, I think the thought is is that um, it's kind of tough when, when your competitor, I mean, our competitors, I'll name them. I mean, you have GameStop, obviously, but then you also have things like Best Buy and, and Walmart now and Amazon, all these guys. When you're going up against the big dogs it, and there's a million of those little guys out there, if we can gang together, then we have a much better shot. So that's what we're shooting to do. Absolutely. Does, no. he, does Jeff talk or is he? Well, he's a silent uh, Bob. Oh, okay. I was yeah, going to yeah. say he was a mute. But he <laughs> pretty, pretty I was just checking. I didn't want to assume anything. <laughs> he's a host. He hogs the spotlight, anyways. That's okay. But no, one thing I'm just curious to know, yeah, like based so on your true. experiences with <laughs> all your customers over the years, what do you think makes video games such an evergreen industry? I mean, you know, you have these games from 10, 15 years ago that, by comparison today, are so outdated technologically, and yet people still adore them. What, I, what's the appeal? Do you think there? You know, I think it's a couple of things. Um, what we're seeing a huge surge in right now is people are tired of putting the game in. We just got a PS4 for the kids for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. I held off. Uh, just got it. And the first thing we did is we plugged it in, and it took like two hours to set up. You had to load the games. You had to enter all your stuff. It was a pain in the butt. It's the worst. <laughs> it is. And there's something nice about plugging in a Genesis, throwing in Sonic, and oh, just works. Yeah. And it's like, Genesis. hey, here we go. And in three minutes, I'm in the middle of a, of a you know the Green Hill Zone. I have and to schedule time to play games, basically. I still have my right? 64 hooked up. And play it every Sunday with my brother. And that's, yeah, all the crews. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, and that, I think that's one of the big parts of it. it. It's wild. The average gamer right now is about 30 years old, 31 years old. And basically what happened is is as kids they played, and then no one ever told them to stop. So they played all through college. They got out of college. And what's wild for us is we see guys coming in, especially N64. Yeah. Uh, GameCube is a big one where they'll come in and be like, you know what? My mom wouldn't let me buy this game as a kid. I'm buying it now. Like this is great. <laughs> And instead of being 50, 60 bucks now, it's, you know, five bucks. The right? revenge buy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's cool, I mean, even stuff like Atari. We'll sell Atari cartridges, you know, five for five for five bucks or five for, you know, sometimes like five for a buck. I think we just get them out the door. But you get guys coming in and they're just grabbing handfuls of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so cool. So you're a gamer yourself, obviously. Uh, yeah. You have to be, right? To get yeah. this. Yeah, well, I think it definitely helps. Yes. Yeah. It's it's if not, it's just a business. That's no fun. Not at all. Not at all. So you gotta love what you do. Absolutely. With with regards to gaming, where where do you lean? Where's your sweet spot? Is it has it been Nintendo over the years? Jeff tends to be a Nintendo guy. I, I love Xbox. I mean, I'm a PlayStation guy. So okay. We, oh, we run the game. Right. We got the family. We run the game. No, we I, got the gaming trinity. I can, the triple threat. <laughs> I, I can you know distinctly recall my the first time I saw a PS1, uh, and and I remember sleeping overnight for my PS2 at Kmart. Uh, so yeah, I mean I can literally recall every step along the way of the PlayStation. Um, never got into Xbox, never got into 360. 
Uh, the weird controller, I'm just like, why is the <laughs> pad up here? This makes no sense. So yeah, I always stuck with PlayStation. PS4, been loving it. Can't, I mean, Star Wars Battlefront is just an unbelievable game. Oh, you're making a really big friend over there just by I, saying that. <laughs> I feel like I've known you my whole life. It's Star, Star Wars Battlefront, and I know this isn't why I'm here, but Star Wars Battlefront, if, if you haven't played it, it's just an unbelievable game. It's a great single-player game. It's a great two people sitting on a couch together game. It's a great hopping online, playing with a whole bunch. It's just a great game all the way around. How do you compare it to the the originals from uh, 2005 era? Did you play those or get I did. Those? Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, there, there's definitely, um, I can recall, as a matter of fact, when I when I was flying by the ad and I had to, to launch my hook and, and that brought back memories because that was just so, it was much more of a rail shooter back then. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, it, just the fact that the land, the worlds are so big. There's so much to explore. Um, graphically, obviously, you can't touch it. I mean, it just looks so good. I, I'll take it now. I mean, honestly, I, I went back and played some of that stuff, and it was fun. I, I'll, I'll take it now. Don't you think? I think I romanticize those sometimes. <laughs> like I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to play that game and love it just as much, and I get it in there, and I'm like. Oh, that should yeah. be in the past. Yeah, and it's funny because they... <laughs> not, not always, though. Not always. No, not always. And I, I did that with Sonics. Uh, I went back recently and started playing the Sonics again. I was like, you know what? These hold up. Back when Sonic was, you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you can't... Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, kids now don't know how good Sonic was. Um, what's cool, though, is that all the patents have expired on those old systems. So now, literally anybody, any company can remake those systems, remake the hardware. So we have systems at Oogie, um, one's called a Superboy, which is literally a Super Nintendo handheld um, that oh you can gosh. play Super Nintendo in. It's got a three-and-a-half-inch screen lithium battery, so it's all rechargeable. What's cool is when you go home, you plug it into your big screen, and it has two controller ports. So you can literally, it's a full-fledged Nintendo, but you can take it with you. Um, they have the same for Genesis. They, they have the um, same for 8-bit Nintendo. And it's cool because, especially for, for younger kids, I always tell families starting out, that's the way to go. You don't want to mess with discs. You don't want to mess. Some of the DS and 3DS, those cartridges are teeny. The Vita, the cartridges are like almost, you know, non-existent. Um, to have a Sega Genesis cartridge will not break. Like, jam it in there. The kid can play it. You won't lose it in the minivan. Um, that's a great way to get started gaming. And it, it requires a little bit of imagination, which isn't a bad thing either. Not at all. And you're right with those Vita cartridges because, my goodness, if you drop one, good luck. Finding. It's like smaller than an SD card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's brutal. Those memory cards, too. Um, so on, on the business side a little yeah. bit, pull it back there. With Oogie, obviously the gaming industry in the last generation coming with PS4, with Xbox One, you faced... Uh, the downloadable content generation, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, 360 and PS3 really kicked off, where yep. it was uh, kind of an add-on, where now a lot of the companies, and you even saw Microsoft, try to make it uh, really a thing. They did. Like, almost mandatory, which probably scared a lot of people, but the backlash was just so insane that they're like, okay, we're going to wait another generation before inevitably you know, that comes yeah, back. And I another. think the backlash happened on two fronts. You had the backlash from the consumer, because originally Microsoft's console was um, all downloadable content. Yeah. And uh, and then when they finally said, oh, no, no, we're going to release it on disc, then they also said, well, the disc is locked to the system, so you can't trade it. Once it's on your system, you can't take it to a friend's house, you can't do anything else with it. And the backlash happened twofold. When it was a download-only system, the big national guys out there said, well, then we're not going to support you. Why would we? Right? I mean, why would I sell your system if I can't sell the games? Yeah. So they backed off, said the games, and then when it, there was no trade, the consumer spoke up and said, no, we want trade. And I think that's the one little bit of saving grace for the mom and pops and for the, the brick and mortar stores in general, is that um, when you download, and you know, the, the dirty little secret, if, if, if Sony and Microsoft really wanted to excel, they would charge 10, 15 bucks less for download content because they're, they're excluding everyone else who makes a profit in it. And then people would actually download it mm -hmm. more. 
Yeah. Well, right now I can buy, you know, if you buy, a, a, well, at Oogie, all of our games are $5 off. So you never pay 60 bucks for a game, you pay 55 But we'll give you 45 bucks for that game a week later or 40 bucks for that game a week later, depending on the game. So you get something back. The game sucks or you beat it fast, you get something. Uh, you download it for 55 60 bucks, and you beat it in a week, and you're stuck. You delete it. Like, what a waste of 60 bucks. It's done. It's yeah. done. That's and, a great point, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so both, I mean, the, the fact from the business side, the fact that everybody kind of yelled at them, Helped tremendously. It also is one of the reasons why I think Sony really jumped way out in front this generation because they never messed with that. They didn't have a camera originally. If you, I mean, this we'll go back in history a little bit. If you can remember, Microsoft when they first talked about the Xbox One, the Kinect was always on. It was always watching you. It was always ready. You couldn't run a, an yeah. Xbox One without a Kinect. And then people were like, "Wait, I don't want this camera. Like, I have kids in the house. Like, this is kind of weird." <laughs> and and they backed off. Where Sony all along was just like, no, whatever you want to do. Like, this is easy. You want to swap out a hard drive? Swap out a hard drive. Like, they we just don't have licking their chops. When oh, they it was saw awesome. This coming. They it were like, awesome. okay, we're going to do everything the opposite. <laughs> and I still love Xbox. I know a lot of people do. But the backlash on that, you're right, both sides. It was just insane. <clears throat> yeah. And they, you know, Sony's got a really good head start with the PS4 sales overall for this generation. But I, I think eventually that'll probably balance out. Just like PS3, Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. It was the opposite, right? Yep. So it's kind of funny how history is reversing course with those oh, yeah. two companies right now. Absolutely. No, and I think, you know, from us, from our perspective, we're fortunate because with consoles, only computer games, where literally they keep releasing new uh, video cards like every six months. Um, with, with systems locked in, you know, we have seven to eight years that we're like, okay, we're locked into that system. Um, and, and really, they, tend, they always say a 10-year lifespan um, I think for the PS3 and 360, I think we're at year eight or nine right now, and it's definitely phased out. Um, I think this year for PS3, I want to say there's like a dozen games coming out maybe. Yeah. Um, they just cut way back and all that stuff. So, um, But, yeah, but having that 10 years for us as a, as a, as a uh, brick-and-mortar store, it, it definitely helps us. We know that we're good for the next six, seven years. Well, that's the thing, I mean, and I, I think you're right. Microsoft is phasing out the 360 2016. They're not going to support it after this year. Yeah. So you know, time to upgrade if you have it. The backwards comp uh, compatibility now for Xbox One, you know, it almost makes it obsolete. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great move on their part. And, mm -hmm. you know, this strategically, they waited until 360 yep. was done. Of course. Yeah. But, well, know. and even that's kind of funny because the backwards compatibility, like the original backwards compatibility with the original Xbox, nobody used <laughs> and and I, I was at, at, at E3 this year. Uh, I sat on, on a Microsoft. Um, they, they do a thing for retailers. And one of the things they said was, you know, backwards compatibility. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming. But less than 1% of people used it on the original, on the 360, on the original Xbox games. They said, we don't expect any more people to use it. But it's a good marketing tool, was their thing. It's going to look good for marketing. And even that, everyone's like, oh, backwards compatibility. I think they have, what, a couple dozen games right now that are bad. Like, it's not, like, there's nothing. Yeah. But good marketing. And that counts for something. So. I, I love the idea that my Xbox can do it. But you know what? <laughs> I have Assassin's Creed 2 downloaded and I haven't touched it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Well, and yeah, I mean, I beat it five years ago. Why am I going to want to beat it again? But It's, um, it's a perception thing, yeah. I think. And, and I mean, PS3 did the same with PS1 where, hey, it's backwards battle. It's like, why is it backwards with PS1? I'll <laughs> play PS2 games. Yo, those That's Final Fantasy VII fans are diehards. That's there why. <laughs> there, and we do have them in stock. Thank yeah. you for the plug. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Online at oogiegames.com. I love it. I love it. Adam will throw a link in somewhere. That's right. Probably. We'll wait till the end. Till the HD remake comes out. <laughs> Which is coming soon. <laughs> yep, coming soon. Coming very soon. So we've seen, not with video games necessarily, but, you know, as a brick-and-mortar story you bring up. So Blockbuster is a prime example. You think of missing out on the total digital curve. You guys do everything, though. You go retro. 
you have DLC, or, or you can buy the cards mm -hmm. and all that. Are you guys at all worried, or what is your thought on the ever-changing landscape here? You know, it's funny. I actually have a different perception of the Blockbuster thing. I talked to, um, uh, when I was starting at Oogie Games five years ago, was when Blockbuster was tanking quick. And one of the things that we did Oogie, we actually was, were buying up some of their um, shelving and stuff. So we'd go to the stores and buy it from shelving. Because <laughs> okay. it was dirt cheap. Yeah, <laughs> why not? lives on. It was dirt cheap. <laughs> and now we actually have, um, in storage, we probably have about 10 stores worth of shelving ready to go, all former Blockbuster stuff. So we're good there. That's but what was interesting, what it also got me to do was to talk to all the Blockbuster managers, all their district managers, and they don't think that Netflix and uh, Redbox and those guys put them out of business at all. They don't think downloadable content put them out of business. Okay. From a business perspective, and, and I tend to agree with them, what, what I think put Blockbuster out of business, if you look at where they were located, they were in the prime plazas, which meant they're paying through the nose and rent. They were huge. I mean, some of their, we have big stores. Our stores are 4,000 square feet. They were bigger than us. I mean, they had these massive stores. You get lost. You would, yeah. I mean, they are. They were huge. Um, so that was an issue. They also had their, when they got bought out a couple of different times, but um, their levels of management, like the, the difference to go from a, a store manager to, say, the president of the company, normally in a, in a typical retail outlet, you might be looking at three or four steps. You have a district guy, you have a regional, whatever. They had like 15. I mean, they just had all these people that were just collecting huge paychecks. And on, yeah, and on top of that, their managers, and I mean, I hate to say this, I still, I know some of their managers who left made crazy good money. Yeah. I mean, they made, re for retail, yeah, they made, I felt bad. I wanted to hire some of these guys. I'm like, I can't afford, like, <laughs> their severance packages were incredible. I mean, they just, they paid their people really, and they had, they were loyal. I mean, they had people who were there 15, 20 years and, and didn't want to leave. Um, but all that added up to where they just couldn't support it anymore. And and the other side of that is you look at, say, Redbox, mm -hmm. um, obviously the overhead's next to nothing, um, but they're still doing media. Uh, family video is still growing. I want to say they're doing like 100 stores a year. So they're still growing on a rap, rapid basis. As good as Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that stuff is, um, there's still people who want to walk through the store and pick stuff out. and yeah. So I think Blockbuster, to me, was more of really, really poor management. Um, Bad business structure, it sounds yeah, and like. And that being said, they had the opportunity to, to have Netflix, and they turned it down. So, I mean, that would have put them over the top. And you thought there was nothing educational about the Geek oh, yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about superheroes and comic books. <laughs> Not anymore. <We're laughs> That's what we learned this week, kids. <laughs> We're dropping some education on you this week. That's true. That is super interesting. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know. And yeah, same with me. It, so I made it that's all the public. It's not actually true. I, no, I'm, no, it is. <laughs> Great. It is. it is. No, and that's, and that's the it's stuff. Come Yeah, as a business partner, that's stuff that I find intriguing. And that's the stuff we honestly learn from. Um, as we've hired, whether it's Blockbuster, former Blockbuster employees, former GameStop employees who work for us, um, you know, you take all that stuff in and, uh, and you say, hey, what, what worked really well there, what didn't? And, uh, and we try and keep, you know, kind of basically keep trying to change and, and make sure that we're not making those mistakes. Absolutely. I, I worked at GameStop years back. I'm sorry. And I know. It is what it is. And it's okay. Not everyone can get a job at Oogie. But, <laughs> you know, it's, I understand. I tried. No. Um, so I think when I was there, this was probably going about four years ago, the thought was we're not going to be in business much longer. And that was from the inside, I'll say. But that that's no big secret. So... Looking at things now, they've they've kind of realized they had to adapt and adapt quick, um, and they and they made some. I mean, again, I, I like learning from their mistakes. The, the whole trading in iPods and iPads completely backfired on because everyone was trading in stolen merchandise, which was get, then they're paying out for stuff they had to give back. 
I mean, they the loss on that stuff was brutal. It was yeah, it was rough. Um, they really pushed hard the DLC, which I never understood. Um, like, like as far as um, like the download cards, download and card, and I was just like, you're shooting yourself in the foot with that stuff. And I'm like, okay, that was interesting. Then again, they. From a uh, bureaucratic standpoint, they dumped a lot on them. I mean, I felt bad. Their managers got burned out. I mean, they just, they, they put yeah. a lot on them. They, they put a lot on them. And there's a lot of, like, oh, send these 50 games over here, and then you got some of those games back. And it was just like there's a lot of that crazy stuff, which when you get bigger, it's harder to get your hands around. And, uh, I mean, we only have, you know, six stores, so it's a little bit easier to uh, to control some of that. Definitely. you got to learn from your competitors from, from past companies totally oh, yeah. if you want to be success, successful. So... Do you guys ever worry about that? I mean, you're growing though, right? So you're on the upswing. How yeah. do you sustain that? How you guys obviously have a plan. <laughs> we do share that. No, and, and I mean, I think we, we do. Um, I, th- I think we can sustain our growth because we're so much more diversified. Um, you know, the, the the crazy thing is that you know when I sell a brand new PS4 to games. We're making like five bucks on it. Like right. we literally, I mean, it's a four hundred dollars system. We make no money on them. On games now, we sell all our games for five bucks off, so they're fifty five bucks. Um, we're literally making a buck or two on it. Like we're just not. You're cutting the very slim margin you already have on brand new games. Right. And 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 GameStop depend. I don't know. Sorry, I keep saying their name. Those other guys, uh, the the, the national the national retailers depend so much on the new stuff, and there's just no margin on them that it's it's a hard. It, you got Yeah, you really got to push the the preplate. And uh, and we're thankful to have a huge supply of preplate, especially because we go all the way back. We don't discriminate on the old stuff. Good stuff. Good That's stuff. Awesome. What's uh? Let me ask you this: uh, non-business related. What's uh, game of the year for, for uh, 2015? Um. I know oh, that's man. a tough question to throw at you. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> Star Wars is like the easy answer because we were just talking about that yeah. stuck in my head. It's up there for me. Yeah, I, I liked uh, I liked Arkham Knight. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Um. I'm. Uh, I'll. I could go with either of those. I'll say, looking forward, um, you won't play it because you're a Microsoft guy. But Uncharted is ridiculous. No, I'm a he'll huge still un- play. He'll still play. <laughs> I have a PS4, I'm a huge Uncharted guy. I mean, it's Uncharted. funny that you say that. I'm playing through the, the Uncharted collection of PS4 right now. Right. Yeah. Me too. Gosh. And it was funny. We downloaded uh, when my kids got it for Christmas. We downloaded the demo. Uh, I think it was the Uncharted. The uh, I forget what. Uh, the beta, maybe. The beta. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, and I, I, you know, started playing, and the, I was about to say I threw it in, but I can't throw it in because it was downloaded. But I started playing, and the kids were just mystified because, like, D- wow, you know, it was just, like, second nature. It was like, this is so intuitive. It's so good. And um, they, they were amazed that I was just, like, whipping through this thing so fast. But it was that, – that game took me back. And in Uncharted, when I played Uncharted 1 a couple of years ago on PS3, was the first time in a long time where, where I was in a video game and you just stopped and looked around. It was like, this just, like, I know people are firing at me, but this just looks incredible. And it took me back to, like, Tomb Raider. I remember doing that in Tomb Raider when you went into some of these big uh, big open spaces and you just, like, looked around, like, what is going on around yeah. here? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I do that in the screenshot feature on the PS4. I've, I've probably taken 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But uh, wrapping up here, where can, uh, where can we find you online? You mentioned it earlier. Yep, oogiegames.com. Okay. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, the good news is, you know, oogie is a unique word. So if you can find oogie online, uh, other than uh, a character from a movie a couple of years back and uh, some bad stuff in the Urban Dictionary, oogie games <laughs> is pretty much all there is. So, uh, yeah, find us online, oogiegames.com. I want to say we have about 1,000, 1,500 products online. We're always adding more. You can even do repairs uh, online where, where uh, we'll help you diagnose what the, what's wrong, send it into us, and we'll send it back to you. Um, all sorts of great stuff uh, through oogiegames.com. Yeah, can we find you on social media? Yes. Uh, okay. Facebook, Twitter, 
uh, Instagram. Um, what else is there? We do it all. That's all we do. So, so I don't know. Across the board. <laughs> across the board. <laughs> right. Oogie Games is everywhere. Fantastic. Well, we uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much. Thanks uh, so. As far as that, please go give uh, Oogie Games a, a like on Facebook and social media. Visit their stores. You get six in Western New York. Six in Western New York and growing all the time. We could be across the country before you know it. I'm sure you will be. We, uh, we hope uh, you're in business for a long time. Me too. Absolutely love it. So uh, from... Matt, for Jeff, uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at the underscore Geekiverse, Facebook.com slash Geekiverse, Instagram, the underscore Geekiverse. There's a lot of these. There's a lot, yeah. Uh, YouTube <laughs> channel, you name it. Uh, we're also on I- iTunes if you want to download the podcast. So uh, you've been... Uh, Perfect. Yeah, beautiful. We'll be uh, talking uh, Oogie on iTunes soon. Oogie on iTunes. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching.